This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. But man, I'm excited for uh, the word today. Uh, like Sonia said, uh, if you guys have not yet um, downloaded uh, the prayer guide, make sure you download the prayer guide. Just a quick reminder about the prayer guide. Okay, now the prayer guide is um, it, 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 it's kind of a manual of prayer. Uh, it kind of gives us a backdrop of what prayer is all about and the meaning of prayer and the biblical context of prayer. Uh, and it's tailor-made for each one of you guys for this 21-day fasting and prayer. So make sure you avail of that, okay? Download that. Uh, it's going to take you, take you a while to read. You don't have to read everything by today, uh, by tonight, before you begin your fast. Uh, You could kind of read it throughout the uh, next few weeks, but what you want to go to is the last two pages of the prayer guide, uh, or the last three pages. It's going to give you a... kind of a, a schedule of our prayer meetings that we're going to have over the next uh, next few weeks, over the next three weeks, when we're going to be meeting here, the opportunities that we'll have, the times there, uh, one day in the week, we have an early morning prayer, uh, all the other days we have, not all the other days, but every other day, so it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, uh, we're going to be meeting here, uh, Thursday I think is going to be an, uh, an early morning prayer, but uh, both the other days, Tuesday and um, Saturday is going to be uh, evening prayers here where we're going to just come together and spend time in the presence of God praying and uh, just seeking the face of God uh, as we start this year as a church, as families. Um, I know I know we have a lot going on. I know uh, our kids have to go to school, so on and so forth. Uh, there's no compulsion, but I urge you, if you can make it out to at least one meeting a, a week or two meetings a week, try to make it out. It's going to be a blessing to you and your family. Uh, it also has uh, some other details over there as to what we're praying for every single day off the 21 days of fasting, the theme for the day, what we're praying for, stuff like that. So make sure you go to that guide and refer to the guide. All right. Um, I want to jump right into the Word of God this morning, all right? Uh, God is moving in our midst. Uh, Last Sunday was the first Sunday of the year, and I got a chance to talk about fasting and prayer and what fasting and prayer truly means. Uh, I know that we have a majority of our church uh, not not here today, and a lot of a lot of them are tuning in online. And if you're watching online, guys, welcome. We want to thank you for joining us uh, online. And I know a lot of people are still recovering. Uh, a lot of people fell ill over the Christmas holidays, and uh, they're they're continuing uh, throughout this week. I got a lot of messages. Saying saying a few people tested positive, so on and so forth. Uh, But we're praying for them. We're praying for each one of you. If you're watching online and if you're sick, if you're ill, I want to let you know that as a church, we're praying for you. And there are a few other things that we got to pray for, and then we'll we'll continue praying for those things throughout throughout these weeks. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to share... Uh, the vision for 2022. Uh, every year, God gives us a vision. Uh, last year, the vision was God things. It was kind of a theme. It was a it was a thing that we had to pray for, and a thing that we were looking forward towards. And simply, God things means. There are some things that we cannot explain as man, as human beings, uh, things that God does in our lives, breakthroughs that happen in our lives, uh, jobs that, that happen in our lives, a family breakthrough that we experience in our lives, that we can only look at those situations and say, but for God, this is not a man-made thing. It's not orchestrated by man. It's not something that man can even comprehend to do. This has to be God. This is a God thing. And we saw amazing testimonies. And on the 31st, we wanted to, we, we were planning on doing, we had to cancel 31st service as well, which, which was like, man, I, I, I wish we didn't. Freddie Rodriguez was supposed to come lead us in worship, but we're hoping to reschedule that for another day and, uh, and, and, and stuff like that. So we're excited for that. Um, 
the last week of fasting, actually, we're going to be here every, every day of the week. And the last three days, man, we're going to have uh, some worship leaders come out. Or that last week, we're going to have worship leaders come out from different churches and just lead us in worship, all right? Uh, it's where we take a break, where we're just going to receive from the Lord uh, that last week. And we're going to have some guest speakers throughout the 21 days that will come and that will pour out into our lives, okay? So I want you guys to get ready for that and see God's face about that. Um, now, the, the theme for 2022, as I was praying, I was preparing and asking God for wisdom, God was reminding me over and over again that this year is a year to build. Uh, there have been uh, there have been so much that has happened over 2020 and 2021. Uh, if you remember, 2020 was a year that everyone was like, "This is the year, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020 vision." Right? It was the vision year. It was the year of exploits. It was going to be the year. Every pastor, every prophet, everybody was like, "Man, this is going to be your year." I thank God I didn't preach a series on 2020 vision. Uh, but man, 2020 came and you know just hit us in our face, and we're like, ah, what happened? 2020 vision became, I don't know what vision was, but 2020 came, and then 2021 came. Uh, man, 2021 was a lot better than 2020. Uh, it, it, was, it, was a lot, it was a lot smoother than 2020. It was not as rough. But what I want to talk about this today is not that 2022 will be your comeback year. It's not going to be 2022 is going to be a year where you're going to see whatever you didn't see in 21 and 20. That's, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm, I'm going to give you a very biblical understanding of what it means when God is requiring us as a church, as a three-year-old church, to build Okay, we went, and, and a lot of y'all know our history, we went from being a, a, a church that uh, worshiped together in a living room. We had seven people at our first service, and we, we always talk about this, uh, to where uh, we didn't know what was going to happen next. And we went to an elementary school uh, from our living room after we launched. We, the day we launched, we were at, a, at an elementary school. We were there for around seven months. And as our lease expired, uh, God transitioned us from there to a, uh, to a theater in downtown Plano, where a lot of you guys probably came and uh, became a part of this church. Uh, and, and most, some of y'all in, in Shell Elementary School. But through these last two years, uh, through these last three years, God has been uh, slowly planting in us this desire to grow. The vision that God has given us uh, has always been a, a vision to expand, to grow. To uh, and if you've gone through growth track, you would have already know uh, you you already know what our vision is, and you know where we're going as a church and what we have, the dreams that we have, and we're asking God to give us wisdom and and for us to fall in the perfect will of God. But this year, God is looking at some of us and saying, you're crossing the infant stage. Uh, the the three-year mark is over. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're in that stage where we're not crawling anymore. We're not, uh, you know, we're not, uh, we're not in that stage where we're groveling. We're not, we're, not, we're not, you know, in that place where we're always wanting and crying and, and in that infant stage, so to speak. And God is reminding a lot of us that we are to get up and we are to build. And that's just for the church, okay? Uh, we're in a stage of building, and I'm, I'm going to explain in a little bit what that looks like. But I'm also talking to families today. God has sent me on a commission, on a mission today to remind some of us that this message and this vision is just not for the church, but also for some fathers, for some husbands, for some wives. God is reminding some single people today that this is your vision. And if you can catch on to this vision, and if you can say, God, I want to see some things happen this year. And over these 21 days, we're going to pray this vision into being. We're going to pray this theme into being. When I talk about building, you know, God started talking to me about this man called Nehemiah from the Bible. And if you go to the New Testament, there's this book called Nehemiah. And in this book, the, the Bible talks about this man who had a vision to build. Uh, he was, uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. I want to give you a small background for those of y'all who don't know. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, and what that meant was he lived in the palace. 
and he was supposed to taste everything the king was supposed to eat. So before he would eat and eat it, uh, the king would be afraid that someone would poison his food or the chef would poison his food and it's probably happened in the past and uh, not to get burnt again, they put certain policies in place where they had cup bearers uh, where, who would come and taste the wine that the, the king, would, king is about to have or they would taste the food. Now it's, it's a good and bad thing because it's a good thing because you get all the royal food, right? You get amazing food, you get steak for, for, for dinner, you get salmon for lunch, you get awesome, amazing food, you get, you know, good, good stuff to eat and drink every single day. But the bad thing is if there's poison in it, you die, right? But we, we, we come to know that uh, Nehemiah survived, all right? Uh, luckily, there was no poison in his food, and he was a cupbearer. And, and, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he hears that his hometown, Jerusalem, where he's from, is in ruins. Uh, it has been attacked. The wall is broken. The gate is in shambles. And his family, his friends, they're hurting while he's in the palace. All right, he's, he's, he's enjoying life, he has a good job, he has good money, but he's seeing all his family members in Jerusalem hurting for their lives. See, a lot of people know how to complain, but they don't want to participate. All right, uh, Nehemiah did not want to be one of those people that just complained about what's going on around. Nehemiah looked at the problem and he said, Lord, there is this issue. And he didn't just sit there and pray about it. He did something about it. I want to remind us today, in order for us to build, for us to build anything that we have in 2022, the things that we have set our eyes on, God is reminding us to start doing something about the things that we've been talking about. All right? I want to remind us that. The five things that Nehemiah did and the five things that I'm going to urge us as a church, I'm going to urge some families to do today and decide to do, to resolve to do, are these things. These are the five things Nehemiah did and these are the five things we're going to do this year. All right? The first thing he did was he prayed first. He prayed first. The second thing is he had a burden. He had a burden. The third thing is he cast a vision. The fourth thing is he muted all the negativity. And the fifth one is he chose fight over fright. He chose fight over fright. Well, I've given you the whole sermon. Let's pray and close. All right? No, no, no. Let's, let's break this down, okay? So let's go to Nehemiah chapter number 1, verses 4 to 7. Nehemiah chapter number 1, verses 4 to 7. As soon as I heard these words, now, if you're turning into Bibles, you can. If you don't have your Bibles with you, they're going to they're gonna put the notes up on the screen, so feel free to follow along there. Uh, we're in Nehemiah chapter number one and verse number four, all right? As soon as I heard these words, I sat down. Nehemiah's talking, and he's saying, I, Nehemiah, I sat down and I wept and mourned for days. Haven't you been there where you get some bad news and it shocks you and it's crazy? You're like, you just, you, you feel numb in your body. You can't move, right? Or if somebody's calling you and they have some bad news for you, what's the first thing that they say? Are you sitting down? Can you sit down? Can I tell you something? You're about to, you're about to hear something that's gonna, you know, just, just rock your socks. It's something that's gonna just, just probably make a break a day. It's probably something that you're gonna be very sad about. And Nehemiah is going through something like that. He heard the news and he sat down and he wept and he mourned for days. Now listen to this. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Verse 5. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And I'm just going to read that, this passage, so bear with me. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. He's very broken. He's looking at God and saying, God, we're sinful in our very being, in our very core. 
And verse number 10, he says this, They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Verse 11, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of man. Point number one, write this down, is pray first. Each and every one of us sitting over here, I want to encourage you this morning. Members of Commission Church, Christians, believers, when you encounter something that shakes your world, that, that looks at you and says, there is no hope, the first thing that you and I are tasked to do as children of the living God is stop and pray. Can I hear an amen? That's exactly what we're supposed to do. We have to look at God and say, God, it, this is going to start with prayer. No matter how serious this issue is, no matter how trivial this issue is, it doesn't matter. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to look to you in prayer. He starts with a prayer. I want to remind somebody here today. Every big venture starts with a prayer. Pray first. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, pray first. He just didn't sit back and he, didn't, he just didn't say, praying is good, right? Praying is amazing. But with prayer comes action. He just didn't sit back and say, man, I'm praying for you. Like a lot of us do, right? We hear about something that's going, on, going wrong. I'm praying for you. My thoughts are with you. I'm sending prayer your way. I'm sending good feels your way, right? You see someone in a bad situation and you're like, bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Sometimes it's more than just blessing, church. Sometimes building involves prayer. Sometimes plans and vision will only get us so far. Sometimes we're, 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 we're planning and we're scheming and, and we have all these thoughts and things, but God is looking at some of us and saying, man, in all your planning that you do, in the vision casting that you do, in all the, 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 the New Year's resolutions that you make, it's not just enough to make some resolutions, it's important to pray about the things that you decide you want to do, right? Prayer is important, church. We need to get on our knees first. I want to declare that this year will be a year of prayer. And some of y'all are probably like looking at me weird and be like, as opposed to what, Pastor? The last three years were years of prayer. And I want to remind you something. As a church, we are committed to prayer. All right? We pray so much. We will pray, 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 pray till we drop. We pray a lot because we love prayer. This last uh, Wednesday, we had prayer, and, and so many of you guys joined together. Don't you, don't you agree that it was a powerful time of prayer? Man, it was powerful just coming into the presence of God and listening to some of you pray and just pour out your hearts. I want to see more of that. I want to see some people that can activate prayer, that can resort to prayer first, to say, man, I'm going to take time to prayer. I'm going to take time for prayer. This year, I want to declare in our church that we will focus on prayer. We're going to do more prayer than we prayed last year. And you're like, oh, pastor, how many more prayer meetings can we have? How many more prayer sessions can we have? Man, there's not enough prayer that we can do. I, I tell people all the time, people look at me and say, pastor, how, how did your church grow from, from, from seven people to how many ever it is right now? And I always tell them, it's not because of anything else. It's because we pray and we ask God to move and to help us in this vision that God has given us as a church. Prayer is important. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer, prayer uh, you know, breaks through things that are in front of us, that are in front of families. We've seen families go through deliverance. We've seen God things happen last year. Why? Not because we just declared that in the beginning of the year. Not because we just shared a theme and said, or not just because we printed a t-shirt that said God things and you just wore it around. No, no, no. Not only did we declare it, but we prayed God things over people. We saw diseases disappear. We saw sicknesses disappear. We saw financial breakthrough. I was talking to a person the other day in our church, and he was like, Pastor, this, this last year, I got three promotions in my job. Like, I didn't even ask for even one of them. And he said, I got three promotions in my job. December 31st, I got a call from somebody, a message from somebody, and, and, and she said, Pastor, I just want to share some good news. This whole year has been a God things year for me. But December 31st, one thing that I wrote down in the beginning of the year and started praying about, on December 31st, her company looked at her and confirmed her as a full-time employee. And that's one thing she was praying for all year. And here's the crazy part. December 31st was the day that her contract had to expire with, this, with that company. 
And she was up in limbo and she was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get another job. I don't know where it's going to be. And on the same day that a contract was supposed to expire, God blessed her with a full opportunity, a full-time opportunity in that same company. Come on, somebody give praise to God. There's somebody that needs to resolve to say, man, not only am I going to declare, but I'm also going to pray. Somebody say pray. And he looked at God and he said, man, give me success to build. He saw the need to build and he was quick to move. He says, Lord, give me success. Not only when I want to pray, God, but enable my hands. Strengthen me. Some of us pray, but don't do anything. We sit back and we're like, oh, we'll just, we'll just wait for this to happen. If it doesn't happen, it's not in the will of God. But God's like, man, if God gave you that vision, if God woke you up at three in the morning and told you, hey, this is what I want you to do. If you keep getting reminders about this day after day, God is probably trying to communicate that he wants to do something in your life. Am I talking to somebody? But it takes somebody to say, man, I'm not just going to pray about it, but I'm going to pray that God gives me strength to start doing what I need to do in order for me to go towards that vision. He was quick to move. I want to pray for a sense of urgency this year. Okay, I'm praying for a sense of urgency. There was this spirit of urgency that took over this man called Nehemiah. He just didn't sit back and say, I'm going to pray for these many months. I'm going to ask if it's in the will of God. He saw that the temple, the, sorry, the, the walls were broken. Jerusalem was in shambles. And he felt this prompting in his heart that said, I got to build. Some of us are looking at some things in our life and saying, this needs building. I'm asking you, what needs building in your life? It could be a marriage, it could be a job, it could be a career, it could be the children, something going on with your family system, it could be your, whatever it is, something about your job, it might be your ministry, it might be something that God is calling you to do, it might be your career, it might be your relationship, but God is calling somebody and saying, enough of talking, it's time to build and do something about what you are in right now. I bind the spirit of hesitancy today. You know that spirit that's inside of us sometimes that's hesitant to do something when God wants us to do it? Oh, is this from God? I don't, I don't know if this is from God. It kind of feels weird. Man, if this is from God, doors should have already opened the moment I started praying. No, sometimes it doesn't open the moment you start praying. You just have to be persistent in prayer. His prayer was, God, would you help me today? Can I rebuke a spirit today? I rebuke the spirit of procrastination. Somebody needs to hear this today, including me. I'm, praying to the, I'm, praying, I'm preaching to the choir. I want to rebuke the spirit of procrastination. He didn't sit back and say, let me pray about it. I'll get back with you. Jerusalem, I, I, I see your problem. I know I'm in the palace. But y'all, this place is a little too comfortable. Come on, somebody. He had to apply for vacation time. He had to take off work. Come on, somebody. Some of us can't even make prayer meetings because of work. But he had to look at God and say, he didn't, he didn't have to pray about it. He didn't have to say, God, you know what? No, I, I, I don't have to. I, yeah, I'm praying for you to help me, God. But he was asking for boldness to go and say, hey, this is my mission. This is what God has called me to do. Trust me, if God's called you to do something, he will align his will with everything around. He will show you favor. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But don't procrastinate. Stop sitting on vision. Stop sitting on the plan of God. Stop sitting on what you're talking about. Quit talking. Look at somebody and say, quit talking. Start doing. And that's what Nehemiah said. I'm going to pray, but I'm also going to act. Someone say, pray first, act next. It's important to do this, y'all. And I pray that over some of y'all. Let's continue reading in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 11. The Bible says this. So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. This is important. Underline three days. I'm going to come back to it. Verse 12. Then I arose in the night and a few men with me. He didn't take a bunch of people. He just took a few men. And I told no one what God had put into my heart to do for Israel. Think about that. He woke people up in the middle of the night and he said, come on, let's go. Where are we going, Nehemiah? I don't know. Let's just go. He's not sharing his vision with anybody. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But he just goes. Someone say, go. The second point is this. In order for you to build, not only should you pray first, the second point is you have to have a burden. You have to have a burden. Write it down. You have to have a burden. See, anything that is built 
first originates from need. Can we agree to that? Nobody just builds something and says, ah, I, just, ah, I just felt like doing it, so I just built something. No. There's a need for something. Right? A burden doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, this, 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 this burden that we talk about is, is something that, that comes from need. It's something that says, you know, there's a need and because of that, the burden's going to arise. There's, there's something that's, that's about to be built. You know, builders in Dallas are on a building frenzy now because of the need for housing. Right? There's, there's so much of need. There's this, there's this influx of people coming in from all over, all over America to the, to the promised land called Dallas. And, 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 and everybody's like, man, we gotta build some houses. And people are doing such shoddy jobs building houses. No quality control anymore because there's so much of a need that they need to churn out these houses. So houses are being just built. But because there's a need. See, Nehemiah senses the need for restoration. He senses this need. And my question to a lot of you sitting over here, are you sensing a need for something that needs building in your life? For so many of us, we snooze the need. We know there's a need to correct something in our life. You, you know that something is broken and in need of rebuilding or building, but you still are procrastinating. For so many of us, we just want to ignore it. As long as we ignore it, as long as we sweep it under the rug, as long as we, we don't care about it, maybe it won't exist. I don't hear a lot of amens today. Am I really piercing your heart that much? <laughs> See, what's the, what's the greatest need today? Is it in your marriage? In your marriage, what's the greatest need? Is it communication? What is the greatest need in your marriage today? What is it that you constantly argue about day after day? What is the constant need in your personal life? Is it your spiritual life going up a notch? Is it you praying a little more? Is it you reading the word a little more? Is it you being in a relationship with somebody that loves God, you know, so, so, so deeply? There are so many things that we're ignoring. Come on, somebody. We're in friendships that we shouldn't be in. We're in relationships that we shouldn't be in because they're not really aligned with the will of God. And we're ignoring it. You're like, maybe God will just, just ignore it. Maybe one day things. You have to address that situation. Come on, somebody. You have to address that situation. What is the need in our church? Can I tell you what the need in our church is? In 2022, the need of our church is to refocus on vision. We have taken our focus off the vision. As a pastor, I've taken the focus because there's so much that has happened. Building doesn't mean, see, this is a building, but this is not what I'm referring to. This building is not what I'm referring to. I'm not talking about the next building. That's, please don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm talking about when I say build. I'm talking about building vision. I'm talking about building vision. I'm, I'm talking about making our presence known in this city. I'm talking about if we leave this place in a few years and go to the place where God wants us to go, will the people of Plano, will these neighborhoods even know that we were here? Right now, they don't. They don't. And God is putting on my heart that we need to refocus our vision. It's souls, souls, souls. That's what we need in our church. Just because you see a need, it doesn't mean you need to have a burden. A lot of people will see a need and they'll walk right over the need. Am I talking to somebody? It's like this, the good Samaritan, the man that was lying on the side of the road, all hurt. People just walked right by him, but it took one man to see the need and have a burden. There are so many of us that can come to commission, that can come sit on these chairs Sunday after Sunday, listen to messages, say I'm a part of this church because of the vision, but hey, guess what? We're not doing our part to look at that man on the side of the road and say this is my vision, this is my desire, this is my dream, this is what I signed up for, what can I do to help that dream? We can blame the system, we can blame the administration, we can blame the pastor, we can blame the leaders, but hey, what am I doing personally to make sure that Plano knows Jesus? Just because you see a need, it doesn't mean you need to have a burden. I am praying for people that see a need and also have a burden. See, a need will always remain a need if it's not acted upon, church. And a reaction to a need is, 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 is called, you know, a burden. That's what it's called. A reaction to a need is called a burden. 
See, once you sense a need, I urge you to have a burden. Do something about it. What does burden look like for Nehemiah? How is burden involved in this equation? It looks like a crazy man walking around at 3 a.m. scoping the project. That's what it looks like. A crazy man. And people that are with him are wondering, man, what is this guy doing right now at 3 in the morning asking us to come along with him for a joyride around the city? Come on, am I talking to somebody? Gets on an animal and starts taking a tour around the city to just look at what happened. They're like, they're like, dude, couldn't you do this in the morning? Only people with a vision and burden know the specifics of what God has called them to do. And sometimes those specifics might be crazy. It might sound insane. It might sound that you can't, you, like, like you can't comprehend it, but guess what? Burden does, doesn't necessarily talk or make presentations. See, burden doesn't need to have a valid explanation. Come on, am I talking to somebody here? Your burden phase is one where you're downloading the vision that God has given you. Sometimes that vision sounds crazy, insane. You have no contacts in Jerusalem. Man, you live in the palace. You're bringing your palace ideology. You want this place to look like the palace. Oh, there's so much of criticism he's probably getting. Come on, somebody. But only he knows what God told him to do. And only he knows that he is set out on what nobody might understand. But at 3 a.m. in the morning, he is up doing something about his vision. Oh, this is good. If your vision doesn't keep you up at three in the morning, that vision may not be from God. If your vision is not keeping you up at three o'clock in the morning, if you are not waking up at three or two or crazy hours to stand up and pray, to, to ask God for breakthrough, maybe, just maybe, it's not just crazy enough. Maybe it's not something that you have to talk to people about. The Bible says he didn't say anything to anybody. That initial phase, he said nothing to anybody. Stop telling everybody prematurely about what God is brewing in your heart. Am I talking to somebody? When God gives you a vision, just start letting it just, just, just saturate. Am I talking to somebody? Just allow God to do that work in your heart. You don't need to publish it on Facebook. You don't need to put your 10-year plan out there on Instagram. You don't. You don't need to share your note that God is speaking to you at 3 in the morning with everybody around you. You don't need to go on Facebook Live and declare it to people. The Bible says he kept it to himself even though he had people with him. Come on, somebody. am I talking to somebody? There, there might be people that you need to pray. All this, those people were doing, they, they were just guardians. They were just there for security. Come on, somebody. They were just there to protect. You need people to protect you. Come on, somebody. Your pastor is here to protect you. Your, your leaders, your, your life group leaders, your, 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 your team leaders, if you're serving in a group, are here to protect you. They are your bodyguards that are going to journey with you in this process. Come on, am I talking to somebody? But they don't necessarily need to know the crazy idea. There's a time for that. But download what God is giving you at three in the morning and start doing what you got to do. Start praying about it. Get up at crazy hours in the morning. Go on Google and start researching that crazy business idea. Start researching that college that you want to apply to. Start researching about what you need to do to get to that place, Jerusalem, to build those walls. Do something that is crazy today. I need your help this morning, y'all. The Bible says he walked the city for three days and he got a burden. You know, another man in the Old Testament, his name was Jonah. He walked a city and he didn't get a burden. You could either be a Nehemiah or you could be a Jonah. That's why I said, just because there's a need, it doesn't mean that everybody sees the need and has a burden for it. But in order for you to build something substantial and to fulfill God's will and plan in your life, not only should you see a need, you should have a burden that drives you. I'm excited about this word. We need to have a burden for the city, church. I'm talking to church today. I'm, I, I was talking to your personal lives earlier, but I'm talking to our church right now. Can I talk to Commission Church right now? Each and every one of you sitting over here, can we have a burden for Plano? 
When is the last time that we went out and when, that, that, that we had a burden for our city? When's the last time you wept over the people in your city? When is the last time you parked outside of Walmart and you just looked at people walking in and out and you just cried and said, God, I pray for that salvation. I pray for his salvation. I pray for her salvation. When's the last time when someone cut you off and cussed you out and, 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 and yelled crazy stuff at you? When's the last time you prayed for them and had a burden to say, God, let that soul know Jesus. Or did you do the same thing that they did? Did you speed up to them and do something that you shouldn't have done? Having a burden means looking at people that are lost, looking at people that, that are on Facebook and Instagram, that are just dejected with life, that are, that are just all over the place and looking at them and praying for them and saying, God, I have a burden for this city. I have a burden for my people. When's the last time that you had a burden for your coworkers? That coworker that's dejected and depressed all the time. When's the last time you had a burden to pray for them? When's the last time you had a burden to pray and fast for them for three days or two days and say, God, I want to see you move in their life? You don't need to tell them about it, but you have a burden for them. When's the last time you prayed for a family member, church? A family member that doesn't know Jesus or has walked away from Jesus. I thank God for people in this church that share with me about things that they're praying for, for their brothers or their sisters or their cousins. There are people sitting here that come up to me and it excites me when they say, Pastor, can you pray with me? We are praying for so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so. Man, that is what is called a burden. Not just walking around and saying, you're just sitting over there and I'm just going to ignore you. But a good Samaritan, the spirit of the good Samaritan that says, no, I'm not just going to see a need. I'm not just going to look at you and say, oh, poor you. Oh, bless you. No, no, no. I'm going to do something about it. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for souls. This I shared this on Wednesday on the prayer line. I am praying for 25 baptisms this year. I know God will blow our mind and he'll give us more, but I'm praying for 25 baptisms this year. I'm praying that people will make personal commitments to follow Jesus Christ. Not only will people come and sit on these chairs, but they'll do something about their faith. They will make a public profession of their faith. Don't be shy. If you follow Jesus, if you love Jesus, if you feel like you have a relationship with Jesus, why not get baptized? That's exactly what the scripture is saying. People that are watching me online, people that are sitting here, don't just be a namesake Christian. You think God's pleased with that? No, you're not making anybody happy. The Bible says, man, if you believe, go get baptized. Tell people that you know Jesus and that Jesus has changed your life. Baptism is a public proclamation of your faith in Jesus. If you're praying for somebody, it could be a coworker that knows Jesus, but doesn't have a personal relationship with him, has not taken, has probably not been baptized, share the gospel with them. Tell them about the importance of baptism. Can I talk to somebody this morning? That is what we're looking for. Many of us see the need, but we need to get a burden for people. There are so many Christians in America that are more concerned about your comfort than the commission. It's sad. But there are so many Christians in America that will come sit on pews and chairs Sunday after Sunday. But for them, the palace matters more than the walls of Jerusalem that are broken down. You know why? Because they see a need. And sometimes they'll throw, throw a few dollars at the need. They'll tithe regularly. Again, I thank you for your tithing. Please continue to tithe. I'm not dogging your tithing. We need good tithers. It's not what I'm saying, but you just can't throw money at a need. Am I talking to somebody? That's not enough. You can't justify your relationship with Jesus and vision by saying, I supported the vision in kind. No, 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 no. Some of us need to go beyond kind to saying, man, I need to do something about it personally. Show up to outreaches. Be the hands and feet of Jesus among people. Show your children. I was so encouraged. When we, when we had an outreach opportunity over Christmas, somebody contacted me and said, Pastor, I want my children to go with me. I want them to see what's going on in downtown. When we go out and when we feed the homeless and when we give the, 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 the sleeping bags out to these people, we want our children to see the depravity. We want them to see the need and have a burden just like we have a burden. 
You know, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, this is what the Bible says. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that Lord, the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. How many people need to hear about God's grace, church? The vision is big. The need is huge. But God is looking at some of us and saying, man, we're not doing anything about it. Quit talking about it. God's asking us to do something about it today. In Nehemiah chapter number two, let's go on. Verse 17, the Bible says this, that I said to them, you see the trouble we're in? How Jerusalem lies in rubble with its gates burned? Come, let us build a wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer mockery. Man, how many of you are fed up? In order for you to build, you gotta be fed up. You gotta be, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the enemy's tactics. He was fed up. Someone say fed up. He, he didn't want it anymore. He said, man, I, we don't wanna suffer. I pray that some people that wanna build today will refuse to suffer. It should be beneath you to suffer in dignity. It should be beneath you to suffer the attack of the enemy, to always be on those lines of attack. It should be beneath. You should look at the enemy and say, no more. I refuse to sit back and be a mockery. In verse 18, and I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. I told them that God's hand was upon me. That's what he's saying. And also that the words of the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and let us build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Come on, somebody. The third point, write this down. In order for you to build, the third point is you got to cast a vision. Someone say cast a vision. You got to spread vision. The time will come. There's a time to keep quiet and there's a time to cast vision. There's a time that's going to come to cast vision. He said, let us build. Let's refuse to be mocked. Let's refuse to be called unemployed anymore. Let's refuse to be called not blessed anymore. Let's refuse to be called that family anymore. Let's refuse to be called, you know, uh, she can't make up her mind anymore or he can't make up her, those labels. Let's refuse those labels today. Remember, when you have the favor, he looks at them and says, man, I, 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 he told them about the hand of God upon him. He said, man, God has given me this vision. And he also said, the king has also given me his favor. It's amazing. You know something's from God when you have the favor of God and you have the favor of man. Am I talking to somebody? A lot of y'all are waiting for confirmations. That's one of the biggest confirmations that you'll get. Is if your plans and what God has spoken to you aligns up with with, with people showing you tremendous favor. Remember, when you have favor from God and man, people will shoulder your burden and be strengthened to rise up. Nehemiah says, come, let us build. That's the word he uses. But as he casts this vision, as he tells the people, not only are we going to build, but God is with us, and so is the favor of man, check what they say. When you cast the vision with God in it, guess what people will do? They respond, let us rise up and let's build. He said, come, let's build. They said, let's rise up and build. You, you can't build sitting down. They were probably sitting down. They were probably like, man, how can we even do this? We're going to talk about that as we finish this message. But here's, here's what they're probably saying. Man, who's going to do this? This is impossible to do. These people are going to ostracize us. These people are going to come against us. But God is looking at them and saying, don't give up. The moment people see that your vision is from God, they will not hesitate to jump on that vision and run with you. I pray that God will give us a church this year that will jump on this vision train and say, I'm going to do anything and everything to see 25 baptisms this year. Some of y'all are probably, that's a low number. I thank you for your faith. Come on, somebody. I want some people to declare that over me and say, Pastor, you man of little faith, let's pray for 50. Come on, somebody. That's a bigger number. But I'm challenging you today. Each one of you sitting in this place, people that are watching us online, there's somebody that you know that knows Jesus or doesn't know Jesus that you need to share the gospel with. What are you going to do about it today? 
chapter number four. In chapter number three, they start building. As soon as they hear the vision, I'm not going to go over chapter number three because they say, this person did this, this person did that, that person did this. It's a great chapter to read. It'll be amazing, bunch of words. But everybody said, I love the vision and let's just do something about it. Everybody was there. Everybody was doing something or the other. They were picking up a pail, painting. They were, they were doing tiles. They were doing this. They were doing, everybody jumped on the vision. Chapter number four, verse number one. Now when Sanballat heard that they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews. He made fun of them, verse two. And he said in the presence of the brothers and many uh, and the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Verse number three. Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, yes, what they are, what they are building, even if a fox goes up on it, it will break down the stone wall. Point number four. Point number four, in order for you to build, mute the negativity. Mute the negativity. Journey with me, I'm almost done with this message. Mute the negativity. I pray that you will go back throughout this year and listen to this message at least five times. This is important for you to ingrain this into your heart. Because trust me, if you can take this message and if you can run with it, there's some things that y'all are going to build this year. There are some businesses that are going to sprout from this, from this church. There are people that are going to start doing things that you've never done before. Okay, get ready for this. Mute the negativity. There's these two governors, Sanballat and Tobiah. Tobiah is like his punk sidekick. All right, that is like, oh, what do you know? You know, Sanballat is like, ah, you're, you're crazy for building this. You shouldn't be building this. Tobiah comes in and is like, yeah, even if a fox goes through this wall, it's going to break. You know, you always have those people. People that always will speak negativity over your life. Come on, am I talking to somebody? Some of us need to refuse to allow the enemy to wear us down, church. I, I, I really do. I, I, I pray that God will, will give us the strength to be able to tune out the negativity. I don't know what it's about the society today. It's like cool to be negative today. Haven't you met those people? They're like, oh, I just want to be negative for the sake of being negative. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, we were talking about movies, and they were like, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. And this one guy, punk, he was like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I was like, man, Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest movies of all time, and he was like, uh, I hated it. I hate Shawshank Redemption. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, like tell me why you hate, like, like, tell me, like, I don't know, I don't know why I hate it, I just hate it. I'm like, no, like, reason with me. Like, break it down. Like, do you not like Morgan Freeman? Do you not like the storyline? Like, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. I, I, have you even watched it, bro? Like, like literally. Like, some people, like, want to hate because they want to hate. Haven't you met those people? Come on, don't lie. Some of you are like, uh, sitting ne right next to me. Some people feel like it's cool to be negative, church. It's not. See, it doesn't take much to be negative. It only takes time. People that have a lot of time on their hands know how to be negative a lot. Like, you think Michael Jordan has time to go to YouTube and, like, put comments on YouTube? Like, no, right? Like, he's like, I, can, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to talk to haters, listen to, like, I don't care. Like, if you occupy yourself, if you put yourself in a situation where you tune out haters, man, you tune out negativity, here's Tan Sanbao, two governors, two people in power, two people, oh, but they have influence. People listen to them. Who cares? This is vision from God. It ups anything anybody can say. Mute the lay naysayers. So a lot of us need to carry this around in our lives. We need to, like, this is a remote control. How many of you love remote controls? You want to be in charge. Yeah, Roshan loves remote control. I love the remote control. I want to be in charge. The girls, my girls, they want the remote control before I do. Because they want to watch Coco Melon when I want to watch the Cowboys game. <laughs> Guess what? Guess who wins? The Cowboys game. <laughs> Not really. I'm just tooting my horn here. They win every single time. But sometimes we got to say, that this, this, I, I wish some people came, you know, and said, you know what, I got to mute, like, like when, when people start talking, like they start, start, just mute them. 
You know, when they start talking negative stuff, you just have to have this remote control in your heart, in your, in your hands, that just, like, like, guess what can happen if you can stand in every conversation that you can have with people that are spewing negativity. Like, I feel like some people need to come with a two-minute trailer. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like they want to give you drama, but you're like, I don't want the drama. Just give me the two-minute trailer so I can decide if I want to listen to you or not. You don't like what I'm preaching. <laughs> but pastor, I love the gossip. No, man, it's, you shouldn't have time for that. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Builders don't have time for that. MVPs don't have time for that. Goats don't have time for that. Come on, am I talking to somebody? People that are in tune with God have no time for that. It's every single time somebody talks, there's this mute button on here. That should be your favorite button when you're building. Let that mute button work. Let people see talking, church. I don't care what they're saying. Let them keep talking. You and I got to have a spiritual mute button that you tune out the noise and you say, I got a vision. I got a mission. I got to do some God things. I got to see some God things happen. And I ain't going to allow your negativity to influence my life. So guess what happens? Every single time, Sanballat and Tobiah, and they're persistent. They keep coming back. They keep coming back. And every single time they open their mouth, guess what Nehemiah does? He sends them to God. He says, God, take care of this. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 10, someone said, the strength of those who bear the burden is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. Oh, come on, somebody. This is exactly what some of us are feeling today. I'm going to read this again. Some said... People from within. Some said, the strength of those who bear the burden is failing. Haven't you been in those places? Where you see the need, you have the burden, but you've been carrying the burden for so long and you're like, man, I, I just don't have the strength anymore. You feel like quitting. There's too much on you. There's so much. The strength of the laborers were gone. There's so much of rubble is what the Bible says. So much of rubble. I still remember when the tornadoes hit the Dallas, the Rowlett. Do you remember that? Like many years ago? So many people lost their lives. I remember Kevin and I, it was like two years ago, right? I think it was like two years ago, two, three years ago. Kevin and I, we, we, we went to Rowlett, I think, or one of those cities. I still remember which, I don't remember which one it was. But I still remember going and we were helping out with the relief efforts um, as a church. And I still remember Kevin and I, we were like outside this house. It was one of his friend's houses. And we were there just there to clean up all the mess. There was this tree that, that fell down. And we just stood there. And I'm not, I kid you not. We stood there and we just stared at the house for five minutes. And we just didn't say anything. We were shook. Like we had to park our car like two, two blocks down and then walk through the rubble and chaos that was out there. And as we stood in front of his friend's house... Like, we were shook. Like, we, could, we, we didn't talk to each other. And I'm not even exaggerating. We didn't talk to each other for five minutes. We just stared at it. And I saw tears rolling down his eyes, Kevin's eyes. That was his friend who lost the house. And he looked at me and said, Ashish, I don't even know where to start. Like, like, we're here to help, but I don't even know where to start. I know exactly what that feels like. It was a year ago, right, babe? I don't know, I don't, I don't know when this was. In our garage, we, we had actually come back from somewhere. Uh, we, we, we went out and then we came back. And as soon as we opened the garage, we saw this huge spill on the garage floor. There's this huge spill. And we're like, what is this? Is it water? What is this? And, and what happened, we had this overhead um, storage thingy in our garage where we store stuff. And uh, we, we have like paint and different things up there. Uh, but there was this stain of sorts that was inside this container that apparently burst. It was the middle of the summer. And I think some kind of compression, something happened, and this thing burst. This thing burst, and the stain, like this is oil stain, literally leaked out of this container and fell down. There was this shelf that I had under where this thing was placed. My car wasn't there, thank God, right? This, there, was, there was paint, this, this, this spray everywhere. And this basically, there was this huge thing. But what drove me nuts was there was my, my, my storage, uh, what is it called? The shelf. 
And on the shelf were all my tools, every single tool that I owned, my drills, my wrenches, everything, my, all my screwdrivers, everything was on that shelf. And every single tool was covered in stain. I still remember, I don't know if you remember this, I just sat there, I pulled a, I pulled a stool, there was a stool, I just pulled a stool, I was so overwhelmed. I pulled the stool, sat there, and I just stared at that thing. It was an exact same thing that Kevin and I did, but I just stared at the mess, not knowing what to do. I felt numb, right? It was just a spill for a lot of you. But for me, like, I'm, I, I love my tools. I love my tools. And there was stain and oil that had gotten onto all my tools. And I looked at it, and I was like, I can get this off. It's not paint. It's a stain, I can get this off, Ashish. But something in me wouldn't get up and do because all I saw was rubble and ruin. All I saw was stain and everything, like thinking about how many hours would go into cleaning up this mess. Come on, somebody. My initial reaction, you know what my initial reaction was? I won't even lie to you. My initial reaction was, I'm gonna throw this all out and I'm gonna start over. And I bet there are some of y'all that are going through life and that you're looking at some ruin, you're looking at some mess, and you're saying, there's no hope. I just gotta throw this out. Just, there's, there's absolutely no rebuilding here. But I wanna remind somebody today, just because you have ruins, it doesn't mean you're ruined. It just means that God is gonna give you the strength to get up and rebuild. I still remember it took me hours and hours and hours, but I committed myself to make sure that I restored every tool inside of that, on that shelf. Every single tool was restored from that shelf where I took it, cleaned it, washed it out, made sure that the stain was gone, the stickiness was gone, every single tool. Because here's what I want to remind somebody. Sometimes it might get so overwhelming. But when it gets overwhelming, when you're burnt out, when you feel like you can't go anymore, remember the one who called you and who gave you the vision in the first place. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14, the Bible says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and is awesome and will fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm finishing with this. Point number five. I want you to write this down and I want you to stand up. Point number five. Choose fight over fright. In that moment as I sat down in that garage, I had the choice to make. I could either be frightened, I could either give up, I could either throw in the towel, put everything, thousands and thousands worth of dollars of, of, of tools and, and, and build over the years and buy stuff over the years, or I could set my mind and say, I got to build. It's time to build. It's time to build. Can someone help me with the keys today? Nehemiah has the vision, and Nehemiah has to remind them, don't be afraid of them. Stand up to your feet with me, church. He says, don't be afraid of them. He says, he reminds them, and he says, God is great. Come on, I want to remind somebody that you serve a great God. Can I tell somebody today, you serve a great God. Somebody say amen. Thank you. Nehemiah says, man, you want to know what to fight for? Fight for your families. This, is, this, this excites me every single time I read it. This is like the greatest pep, pep talk ever in the history of pep talks. Forget all the, the locker room speeches that you hear from head coaches and from quarterbacks. Forget all of that. This was the first pep talk ever in all of, all of, all of history. And the pep talk, go, pep talk goes this way. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and is awesome. Come on, somebody. Let your pep talk begin. Start speaking to your soul and say, we serve a God who is mighty, who is powerful, who is the yes and an amen, who is the alpha, who is the omega. He is the beginning and the end. If he said it, he will do it. If he said it, he will do it. If he said it, he will do it. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Start with that.
That's your first line of the pep talk. Do not be afraid of them. Why? Because remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Next one. He says, why? Why? Because you have a family. You have little children depending upon you. You have little children that need to buy into this vision. You have little infants that need to buy into this. Come on, you, you better understand this. They don't even know what's going on, Nehemiah. There are innocent children that are probably going to suffer because their protection, the wall is gone. There is no gate. There is no protection. Some of our families need a wall again. We need a gate again. Some of y'all are just sitting back and doing nothing about it. I'm talking to some fathers and some mothers to say I refuse to allow Sanballats and Tobias to speak over my future, over my family, over my job, over my church. 2022 will be a year that we will choose fight over fright in the name of Jesus. We will not be afraid. We will not back down. We will not stand back. We will not cower. We will not be scared. We will stand up. We will sit back and we will see the favor and the amazing power of God. God Almighty coming through for us. It's not time to sit this one out. It's not time to take a break. It's not time to say, I'm quitting. We have way too many people quitting around us. Don't be a quitter. This is the year to build. And I need people that can step up and say, I will build. Don't be influenced by quitters. Quitters are going to be there all the time. A lot of people in 2021 bailed, bailed on the mission. A lot of pastors bailed on the mission. A lot of churches bailed on the mission. 2020 and 2021 in all of history has been the year where more churches have closed down and pastors have resigned from their role as pastors because they couldn't take the pressure of ministry anymore. It's sad, it's disheartening. But in the middle of that, I encourage you. I ask you to rise up for your family. Fathers, I'm asking you to rise up for your family. Husbands, I'm asking you to be faithful. Wives, I'm asking you to be loving and faithful. I'm asking you guys to step up and take ownership and to build what God has given you. Build your family, build your marriage, make it better. Fall in love once again. I don't care if it's been 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It's time for your family to see the goodness and the power of God. But stand up and make sure that you fight. He says, fight for your children. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. Every one of these words comes out of the scripture. The first pep talk ever. Fight. Don't run away anymore. 2022 fight <laughs> some of y'all are getting ready man I, also, I already see y'all you're like shifting and moving and your hands are like, some of us are like holy and hood at the same time <laughs> fight Whew. I know 2020 and 2021 wasn't the best year ever but fight for your families and kids and your next generations that doesn't doesn't know what happened in 20 they just know it as my kids just know 2020 and 2021 as a year of the big virus but I looked at the enemy this year and I said that's it you will not steal our joy anymore in verse number 15 when the enemies chapter number 4 when the enemies heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan we all returned to the wall each to his work trust God to frustrate the plans of the enemy don't do that yourself here's the problem we spend way too much time trying to squash the plan of the enemy when that's God's work the Bible said they quit when they got frustrated with seeing what God was doing come on oh, this is good Verse 17, each labored in the work with one hand, held, he held a weapon, and the other hand, he held the sword, right? There was a sword in the one hand, and there was a tool in the other hand. They basically said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on guard. I'm going to have a sword in one hand. I'm going to have a tool in the other hand. This is how they approached work. 
Come on, am I talking to somebody? Sword. What does the Bible talk about being sword in the news? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's prayer. It's the word of God. And then that they had the tool. Here's the problem with the church. We have so many people that only wield the sword. We have people that pray, 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 pray. Word, 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 word. That's all they do. That's it. That's all they want. And then on the other hand, you have other people that build, 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 build. Serve, 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 serve. Do, 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 do. The whole time. But you're not praying. You got to have both. You got to have the sword and you got to have the, come on somebody. You got to build and you got to pray together. It's the balance. Some of us need to step up and say, I got to build and I got to pray. I got to build. Someone say, build and pray. Weapon in one hand, tool in the other. They said, man, we're not, we're, 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 we're not giving up. We're not giving up. We need people with both. It's time to build. Plano needs Jesus, church. 2022, it's time to build. I'm just going to spend a few moments in prayer. If you need prayer, man, I'm available after service, but I want to pray for a few needs today. I'm praying for people that are recovering and they're sick in their bodies, but if there's anybody that's standing here that's saying, Pastor, this word is for me. This word is a much-needed word for me this year. I want to pray for you right now. Slip up your hands. Say, this is, my, this is a word for me. Come on, all over this place. You don't have to be shy. You don't have to be ashamed. Slip up your hands and say, this word is for me. Father, I pray for each and every person, each and every father, each and every husband, each and every single person, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Each and every person that's working hard to build a career, each and every person that's working hard to build a business, in the name of Jesus, I speak life. If you're watching online, lift your hands in your, in your living rooms, just lift your hands wherever you are. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for you. If that's you, comment in the, on the YouTube stream and say, that's me. Come on, make a proclamation of faith, just like these people in person are. Make a proclamation of faith on the Facebook feed. Say, this message is for me. Say, me. Talk to me. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for people. I pray for every person that needs to make a decision today to build Everything that holds them back, we will choose faith over fear. We will choose fight over fear in the name of Jesus. We resolve to pray first. I pray that we will raise a generation of praying people. We will have a burden, God. We will, we will cast the vision, God. We will mute the negativity and we will choose fight over fright. I pray for each and every person and I pray, God, that your power, your might will be upon them. Guide them, lead them. I pray for strength upon them. I pray that your Holy Spirit will start guard, stand guard over them. Give them the courage. Give them the strength. When they want to give up, remind them that who gave, the one that gave the vision is able to bring it to completion. Thank you for what you've done. Our glory and honor be unto you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, I pray for Jevon's grandfather. God, who is sick in the hospital. God, it's really serious, but we pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Pray first. We're praying. We're seeking your face. We're asking for healing in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God, for, for Benny that's in the hospital in Houston. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Over that serious condition, over that terminal illness, over that tumor, in the name of Jesus. Father, if it's your will that he lives, we speak healing over his life in the name of Jesus. I pray that if it's your will that he will be a testimony of your faithfulness and your goodness and your power of healing. We thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. I pray for people that are praying for jobs in this place. People that messaged me this morning and yesterday praying for jobs, I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you will bless them with a job, a career this year. 2022 will be a year that they will build for their children, for their grandchildren, for their husbands, for their wives. We will build, we will fight. We thank you for what you're doing. We pray for marriages. I pray for husbands. I pray for wives. We will get stronger. We will get stronger. Our church will get stronger. Plano for Jesus. Soul, soul, souls. Thank you because you've done it, God. 2022, we will share the gospel with more people than ever before. We thank you for what you've done. 
All glory and honor be unto you. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance your direction. May he give you peace that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.